looking like money back, money back, money back, uh. Money back, money back, money back, yeah. Money back, money back, money back, uh. Money back, money back, money back. He can tell from the front, I got ass behind me, and I park my Bentley truck on my Versace driveway, looking like money back, money back, money back, uh. Welcome back, bitches. It's another episode of Planet Dirtbag. Thank you guys so much for joining our orbit once again. Um, we're Planet Dirtbag on Instagram, which you probably know. We're also Planet Dirtbag on Patreon if you want to support the gals, you know, buy us a latte and whatnot. Um, today we have a very special guest. We're coming at you live from three different time zones right now. So, our guest today, High Vibe Hustler, aka Ginger. She's a dancer, she's a Reiki practitioner, she's NLP and hypnosis certified. So, what's up, Ginger? Hey, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. Oh my god, of course. How are you? I'm great. Just chilling. (laughs) (laughs) What time is it there? It's like 11? Um, Like 11 a.m., which is like the crack of dawn for me. (laughs) Oh, I'm 12 hours behind, so it's 11 at night here. Oh, wow. And what about you, Hannah? It's, I don't know the difference, but it's, it's like 8 p.m. right now. Mm. So it's like, it's like my afternoon because I'm a nighttime person, you know. I can feel that. Where in Australia are you? Well, I'm in Perth at the moment, Perth, Western Australia, which is like this tiny like city. I think it's like the most isolated city in the world, but it's really, really far away from the rest of Australia. But um, I'm going to be moving back to the state that I grew up in, um, in about two weeks. So I'll be in Brisbane, Queensland again soon. Okay, rock and roll. I don't know shit about Australia, but that sounds cool. (laughs) I do have um, an Australia's fake, like, conspiracy Twitter account, though, like, that I made years ago. So sometimes I just get high and I, like, tweet that, like, Australia is fake or something. But I guess I've been proven wrong today. Well, who knows? Like, maybe I could be living in a fake country. That's so true. You could be a paid actor. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Not to be, like, um, philosophical, but, like, what is a country anyway? Like, it's just a sort of system of belief that was created by, that is sustained by a lot of humans who just think a country is real and means something i mean look at israel i don't think it's fucking real but that country <laughs> is being funded and being powered by a lot of big money even though it kind of shouldn't exist anyway we're not gonna get into that talk this week um but you guys know where i stand and even though i am converting to judaism but i guess to get the ball rolling i do want to I know you're a Reiki practitioner, but I do want to know, what exactly is Reiki? So Reiki is pretty much universal life force energy, and you pretty much act as a channel between universal life force energy and someone receiving Reiki, and you transfer this life force energy onto, pretty much use it to heal any blockages in the seven chakras or... um, in the general chakra system and kind of detoxify, work through any um, 
any negative patterns that might be coming up and just allow like a positive like a positive energetic cleanse if that makes sense Mm. so it's like juicing for your energy i suppose (laughs) (laughs) wait when you when you see like a blockage do you like feel it or do you sense it in them or do you see like them like physically react to it or well um the person is generally like lying down Mm-hmm. Unless it's um, if if it's in person Reiki, you'll be performing it on them lying down with their eyes closed. Otherwise, I also do perform res- distance Reiki, so um, I can do it when there's no one actually there. So most of the time, you don't physically see someone react. But for me personally, I will like feel it internally when I can feel a blockage. But it's different for everyone. Like, everyone will have their own um, personal indicators of where they can sense a blockage. But for me, like, I just, I can feel in my body mm. when um, there's a blockage on someone that I'm performing Reiki on. Very interesting. Well, for me, the thing about Reiki is, like, I don't like people coming up to my personal space. And I don't feel comfortable, mm. like, getting a reading for it because of that reason. But, like... Like, it's very intimate to be letting someone get so close to you like that. But, like, when when people do come to my personal space, like, my upper body does start, like, twitching and acting really nervous. Maybe something like, um, maybe all I'm, like, thinking right now is, like, maybe work on your, like, your throat chakra. Because that has a lot to do with, um, like, speaking up and being heard by others as well. Which, I mean, you have a podcast, which is great, so. Mm, it's you. It's you. How could somebody, like, go about, like, healing their chakras and, like, what are different associations and different ways to do that with, like, each chakra, in your opinion? like So there's different things for each chakra, but the mm-hmm. best way that I can describe it, well, um, the best suggestions that I can probably give is that each chakra has a different color. And mm-hmm. if you want to kind of nourish a chakra, maybe I would suggest eating foods that are that color and picturing yourself surrounded by like light that's that color but it Mm. also differs depending on which chakra in particular you're focusing on for instance like your root chakra can really benefit by grounding and being present whereas Mm. like your throat chakra really benefits from you utilizing your voice and speaking up so like with the different colors for example like I feel like there's different periods in my life that I associate with like a different color or like I surrounded myself a lot with a color like right now it's like purple like what Mm. does that mean to you like is there one that's associated with purple um purple is generally the crown chakra which is like your Mm. connection to the universe oh so it's a really powerful color yeah so like how do you prepare for a session like what's your like method well, I generally, I'll, I make sure that I'm grounded, that I, like I've meditated beforehand and I've cleansed the space and I kind of like get a feel for the space, make sure that I feel like comfortable and there's space for like good energy to flow. Ooh. Oh, wait, um, do you get into a Reiki or be a Reiki practitioner? A Reiki practitioner? Pract- I don't know why I'm like... <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm having like a lispy moment right now. I don't know why. Um... 
to become a Reiki practitioner, is there like any sort of like schooling you have to go through? So you receive Reiki attunements and um, to be a Reiki practitioner, you have to receive Reiki level one and then um, Reiki level two a few months later. And then you can become a Reiki master if you want to do your attune, like attune other people yourself. So I've only done level one and two, but I'm hoping to do get my Reiki master certification later on in the year so I can attune others as well. But um, after Reiki 1, after you've been attuned, you can perform Reiki on yourself and your friends and family, but it's only when you do Reiki level 2 that you're able to like be certified as a practitioner. Wait, is what is the process like? I know one of my friends did it like a few years ago. And I remember she went like two weeks without her phone in like upstate New York in the forest. She got really in tune with the with the energy. Did you have to go through like a similar process or journey? I think it depends on your Reiki master, the person who attunes you and who you learn Reiki through. I um, personally did like a 21-day Reiki cleanse. It wasn't necessarily... Well, my um, Reiki master called it a cleanse, but I didn't really do any. (laughs) There wasn't wasn't so much cleansing. It was kind of like, because 21 days, that's like three weeks. And because there's seven chakras, it was like you focused on one chakra one day at a time. And then you did that. So you focused on one chakra three times. I spent 21 days like focusing on each chakra and um, yeah, just like working through, like surrounding myself with the color that's associated with it and working through different different practices that can help each chakra. Mm, but I also found as well that um, it, it was really interesting. I noticed like I did, I wanted to eat healthier and like cleanse a little bit. It wasn't something that really like I intend like I intentionally cleansed. And I also found like a lot of my senses became a lot stronger as well. Like mm. the, my sense of smell, especially. Interesting. So you kind of like fostered like more presence and more awareness, and that like manifested energetically, but physically too. Very interesting. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Reiki seemed almost alien to me in the sense of like it's all about chakras and like healing energies and pinpoints of that. It doesn't seem very western but I was wondering if you knew more about the origins of it. Well it originated in Japan as far as we know. Oh okay this makes sense. Oh so it might have to do does it have to do anything with like the like the tai chi? Um it not they're they're not tied together but they can be like they can you can draw comparisons okay because like when i was in college it was just like last year i just take tai chi i took a tai chi class which made me like take tai chi all over like new york city with a bunch of strange jurors or like older asian people and like the tai chi is very metaphysical experience in a sense like it's all about getting your physical and psychic self to align with one another and it was a very metaphysical experience because my professor from tai chi was telling us about how she uses her energy to like signal her parents like in the other side of the world and i thought it was like very admirable not very psychic very cool because i'm like okay tai chi is a metaphysical experience where you get your psychic energy aligned with your physical body and become in tune with one another so i guess i could understand more reiki in that way in the sense of like it's about getting your energy and your physical body to align with one another and be connected which is the basis of tai chi and i feel like tai chi 
Reiki kind of similar, but also that might be a little bit offensive for me. But since you say it originating from Japan, I feel like there might be some both there. But again, guys, I really don't know my history of like the Eastern world. That's like not my whole gist. My whole gist is about Western sun culture, sun god situation. What like got you into Reiki also? I just, I kind of always knew that I wanted to do it. So I had received Mm -hmm. Reiki a few times and each time that I had received it, I found like I started making really positive changes in my life. And then um, I I was just thinking about it one day um, last year and I just decided to get my attunement because I always had this thing in my head that um, I just had this thing like holding me back. I don't know why. And then eventually mm-hmm. I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to fucking do it. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Okay, rock and roll. So, like, what's your goal with, like, a Reiki session? Like, when you go into it, like, what are your thoughts? Like, do you have expectations at all? Like, how do you think about it? Mostly my intention is to connect um, mm. with my... Um, the person who's receiving Reiki's spirit team and to be able to like connect with them in a way that will bring through the most um, like nourishing and helpful messages, but also to like facilitate the most like helpful and healing session possible. I am curious to know if like Reiki is like a main source of income for you. Not necessarily. Like most of my income comes from stripping to be honest. <laughs> but um, Yeah. Like Reiki, because I only have like two spots available per week at the moment. So oh. I I like to give myself space between each mm-hmm. session. So I don't do Reiki like um like day like day to day basis. Okay, I've only seen Reiki done well just like in a television series, and this person like put their hands over somebody's body, and they were able to see like their past life traumas or like their relationship traumas or traumas just like going on in their lives do you have like a similar experience with that or is that just like tv magic um i don't know i think it would depend um who on tv was performing that (laughs) (laughs) but um i do have some really um really interesting messages come through and some like i have had some like really interesting visuals but not necessarily like anything that I can pinpoint as like past life experiences it's just like um an image or like a message that I can observe and I just don't know like where to tie it to um do you ever tell them about the messages you're having like hey I'm seeing like a dog getting lost or I see a child crying about a red balloon I yeah because I have an uh, I do an aftercare email and I'll send them Mm -hmm. information about everything that's come through and I'll just yeah, let them know what messages popped up, anything that popped up, because mm. even though, like, some things might sound, might not make sense to me, they'll always make sense to the person on the other end. So, like, if you're, you know, like, picking up their energy and things like that, afterwards, like, do you do a cleanse for yourself? Like, how do you detach yourself from that after the fact? Yeah, I normally cleanse myself afterwards. Like, um, I'll have a shower, I'll do some smoke cleansing, and then I'll mm-hmm. do something like, um, like I'll go for a walk or do something mm-hmm. that allows me to like relax and release a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
I like that because that's very like you've got the water and the kind of like fire and air and like ground you know like the earth and everything I like that how there's like different elemental things to it that's very cool okay so you just mentioned that being a stripper is your main source of income and it's not being a reiki healer practitioner but I do want to know what was the origin or what got you started into being a stripper if you don't mind so I started stripping in 2015 I'm not entirely sure when because my life was pretty much like a mess at the time Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I was like I had actually um moved to from Brisbane Australia to London a few months earlier I'd like quit my job I like used all my savings to go to the other to move to the other side of the world and then I got there and I was like I don't actually like really want this and then um I think I was there for a few months and then I came back home and mm-hmm. I was like well I don't want to have a normal job because I like I I don't like <laughs> I just yeah. didn't like it I knew when, I knew when I quit I was like I'm never gonna have like a normal job again I don't want to ever be an employee again and I came back and I was broke and I was like well like what am I gonna do so like I just um, I just applied for a number of strip clubs in my city and then then started, yeah, stripping. But I was also, like, um, partying a lot, like, I was drinking a lot and stripping actually, like, allowed me to, like, sober up and get my life together. Mm-hmm. So that was really that's, cool. That's really cool. How do you feel, like, your style as a dancer has changed over time? Like, did you go into it knowing any pole work, like... How has that evolved over time for you to, like, find your stage presence and your, like, persona? Okay, well, (laughs) I definitely did not have, like, a stage presence at all (laughs) when I started. I I was so nervous. I was, like, shaking. And I remember um, my first customer I had, like, he saw how, like, nervous I was. And he was just like, look, I just want you to sit and talk to me. Like, I don't want to, like, watch you you do this. (laughs) He wants the therapy. Yeah. Oh my god. Yep. <laughs> That's so funny. What's it your actually, like Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, you could go. I was, on. I was just going to say like it actually took me so long to like um be like have a bit of like a presence and a persona and I it's, I've just like expanded on that since. I do wonder if like being a Reiki prediction Reiki practitioner I don't know why it's such a hard word for me to say but yeah do you feel like being a Reiki practitioner has helped you to like sort out people's energies or like be aware of like certain bad people or bad entities or just toxic people that come into your workspace especially when you're a stripper and I feel like in that scene there's like a million people around well I had noticed like on a different level throughout the years until um maybe about two years ago that when I started to notice um I like I started to be consciously aware of it because like sometimes like your body can react to interacting with the customer and you don't really understand why like you'll just feel your body like stiffen up or you'll feel like your chest tighten and I didn't really understand that at first until about two years ago and I was like ah okay like I get it now like I'm reacting to that energy Mm. Like, he's about to put my foot in his mouth with no warning. (laughs) Like, literally. What's your, like, process for getting ready for work? Like, do you have, like, affirmations that you do? Like, your, like, makeup process? What does that look like for you? Look, I 
don't really like um I think it's important to like while having a routine is really effective I don't really want to have like the pressure of feeling like I have to follow a certain routine every single Mm. day so I like to mix it up but usually I will while I'm like I'll get out of the shower and I'll start doing my makeup and I'll like listen to like a course that I've done in the past and um, go through like sales techniques and then um, then I'll listen to like some affirmations and say some affirmations and then I'll like end it by like playing some like fun music to put me in a good mm. mood. Before so I know you've studied that. NLP and you are certified in practicing it. I do want to know what is the basis of it or what is NLP? So NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming and it's pretty much like um, described as the user's manual for the, for the mind. It's pretty much being aware of like subconscious patterns and understanding how to use them to your advantage so that you can make the most of your mind and the information that you perceive from the world. No, I was just wondering how you got into NLP or what introduced you to that. I started hearing about NLP a lot um, when I was in, like, lockdown for, like, when coronavirus was, Mm -hmm. yeah, (laughs) doing its thing last year. And um, I was listening to a lot of podcasts, um, following a lot of coaches on Instagram, and I heard it pop up a lot. And I knew I wanted to do it, but um, I didn't actually get my certification until, I think... November 2020. And how was that like, like getting certified for NLP? Um, it's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's like a big certification to do. There's a lot, um, there's a lot to take in. I think, um, I think there's like at least 130 hours of information and you have to, you have to demonstrate NLP techniques as well. And, um, yeah, film yourself performing these techniques on um, others, like kind of practicing that it's, it's a lot of like um, heavy, like in-depth information to take in, but it, it, it is worth it. Oh, okay. So like, what are some examples of like the practice, like certain like techniques and methods? I'm just trying to think of the easiest ones to explain to someone who doesn't know what um, NLP is. But, um, so... Yeah, never mind. Yeah, Mercury retrograde. <laughs> there's, uh, no, there, well, there's an eclipse going on tonight as well. And, like, mm. eclipses are kind of a big deal. There's nothing you can mm. really do about it. Because, like, like, the sun and the moon, they're luminary. They never go retrograde. And usually all the other planets go retrograde. So you can, like, look at the planets more inwardly. But when a planet goes... But because the sun and the moon don't go retrograde, they just go through an eclipse. And the eclipse in, like, the older mythologies was, like, the dragon eating the sun and the moon. And every time they came up, it brought about, like, world-ending events. Or it brought everyone to their knees because they thought the world was ending or the gods were mad at them. And there's nothing you can do to please the gods. So you just had to, like, sit back and wait and see what's going to happen. But everyone just understood that the world was gonna... Something was shifting in the air. Mm -hmm. So we're dealing with the eclipse right now. Until like June 24th. And then we're also dealing with Mercury retrograde. Which it officially goes retrograde on the 29th. But since like May 16th, it's been in its shadow period. So Mm -hmm. between the 16th and the 29th. um, We're seeing like some sort of theme pop up in our lives that we're gonna have to repeat once mercury goes retrograde and then it's gonna get revealed one last time in like 
when Mercury finally goes direct. When Mercury retrograde is over, two weeks after that, we're still dealing with that theme one last time. And so this is in Gemini, my favorite sign. Gemini has always had to do everything twice, so mm -hmm. we really have to rethink everything we do. <laughs> I don't know why I went on a rant about astrology, no, but good. yeah, no, because yeah, <laughs> we're going to Mercury retrograde, and I don't think we've talked about it in a minute, so, yeah, well, guys, similar. we we talked about it. Very true, and it's going to be a full moon, uh, the first lunar eclipse of the year, a blood moon, a super moon, it's in Sagittarius, like, there's a lot going on astrologically. Also, speaking of dancing, like, how did you get acclimated to like the demanding nature of it like when you first started did you like experience a lot of fatigue like how do you like treat your body with that um so I did like experience yeah a lot of fatigue and a lot of like um like I could feel my body aching a lot my body adjusting and mm -hmm. I think um to be honest like I wasn't really that intentional with my body and didn't really cater to its needs a lot when I first started dancing. So I kind of just like waited for my body to adjust. But now I put a lot more like care into my body and I let it just do what it needs to do. So like I'll sleep for longer. I like go get massages, go to the Cairo and mm. kind of just like allow it to like send me any signals of what needs to be done. And then I go and go ahead and do that, especially since I'm, like working in such a demanding field where mm. I rely on my body so heavily, I, I need to give it the respect that it deserves so that it can thrive. Do you have like a favorite pair of work shoes? Like, do you wear pleasers? Do you have like a favorite brand of shoes? Like, what are your like, like, this is my like Friday or Saturday night shoe? Like, what's the vibe? Um, I generally wear like pleasers, but it depends on what lipstick color I'm wearing. Mm, <laughs> so if I I'm like wearing that. red lipstick, I have red ones. But um, if I have a more like um like pinky color, then I will wear um like I have like a sparkly pair that I'll wear. Wait, do you think that like colors are really like powerful in like people's energy? Like certain colors you wear bring certain manifest certain things to happen. Yeah, for sure. I well, cause I love wearing red at work, so I mm. I will wear red a lot, and I feel like red has such a powerful energy because it's so like so associated with like fire and um, excitement. Very true, very true, and it's very like alluring too, and like the power you said, it's like the confidence as well, part of the whole thing. What mm. kind of music do you dance to? Like, what are your favorite like stage songs? Do you have like different moods that you'll go off of? Do you guys have like a typical DJ setup? So we just have a Spotify playlist we <laughs> at my club. We don't really like get a, get a chance to choose um, unless um, we, everyone at my club generally has a feature show. So you can pretty much choose a song as long as it's like with a theme that your show's in. Mm -hmm. um, but I have worked at clubs in the past where, like, I've been able to choose and I'll generally, like, pick according to the crowd because I'd rather, yeah. like, make the crowd, like, like, happy and, like, allow them to have a good time. Mm -hmm. But if not, I like a lot of, like, old cheesy music, <laughs> like mm. Super Freak by Rick James. Yes, classic. So classic. So I know you do hypnosis and I'm wondering if it's, like, the same way that I see it on TV where, like, 
people hypnotize you and they tell you to cluck like a chicken and you'll cluck like a chicken or they'll hypnotize you and you'll be able to see your past lives and past life traumas um is it like that at all or is that just like movie magic and shit typically like hypnosis is pretty like misunderstood in the media like for instance i don't know if you've heard of those like hypnosis shows um, where, like, people, like, act like chickens and do, like, Elvis impersonations mm-hmm. and shit. Like, I, um, I actually was part of one of those in the past where, like, I got up on stage and pretended, like, I was a chicken. And, like, I knew, like, I wasn't, like, I knew it was all for show. Like, I, I knew that I wasn't, like, hypnotized. It was just kind of, like, a gimmick. But, um, like, I've learned that hip- hypnosis is nothing like that. It's more so creating like a really relaxed induced state so that um new neural pathways can be created in the brain when suggestions are given through hypnosis through metaphor and through hypnotic language so that someone can when they come to they can start implementing changes that are in line with their goals and in in line with their intentions do you feel like dancing is like a form of hypnosis and to perform on stage is like a way of like physically channeling that and embodying that? Well, I've actually had a few people say um, that I'm pretty hypnotic at work and it's mm-hmm. definitely not intentional. But um, yeah, I would Love definitely that. say that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you are rela- like you are relaxing them mm-hmm. and you like are like slowing down um, the brainwaves of people. Very true. Wow. And you're also, like, inducing to, like, the sexuality and everything. And it's, like, a very, like, kind of raw experience, too. So it, like, brings, like, a level of vulnerability that's not found in, like, a lot of settings, I feel. Yeah, for sure. And, like, I always think, like, um, going to a strip club is pretty much the most, like, like not necessarily socially acceptable, but it's the most, like, um, it's a form of therapy, but it's the Mm. most, like, that can be masked in the most, like, socially acceptable way, if that makes sense. So true. So true. Well, the only places I go to are, like, gay clubs or gay bars or gay circuit parties, but I do wonder if, like, go-go dancers are the same as strippers, just because, like, I've never been to a strip club. Sorry if it's, like, ignorant. Well, because we don't really have go-go dances that much in Australia. I think I saw one once when I was 18, like when I went um, out clubbing for the first time, but I literally have like never seen like a go-go dancer in Australia. I'm, cause they pretty much just like get up on like, um, like on stages and dance and stuff, right? I don't really follow Australian news that much, but I do wonder how has stripping changed since COVID? Well, um, we actually, my club was actually closed months because of COVID and there haven't really been a whole heap of changes because every time there's been a lockdown or anytime there's been restrictions in my in my city in particular we've just remained closed like if um, masks are mandatory then we just haven't opened but um, when we do open we have to be at like an extremely reduced capacity so we're not allowed to let as many people come in as previously and because of that, um, and because we're not legally allowed to kick people out when they haven't like broken the rules or if they're not intoxicated, if um, the club's full at capacity with like all these people who are just there to like watch and fuck around, then like 
you just, yeah, you can't really do anything or make anything. You've got to wait for them to leave and for new people mm. to come in. So, like, for me, that's probably the biggest issue, like, and the biggest, um, like, consequence of coronavirus on um, the stripping industry. For me personally, like, where I where I work. I do know, like, I went home um, back to my home state in Queensland for New Year's last year. And um, it was really weird. Like, whenever you went and got a lap dance, you had to, like, um, sign in. Like, you had to, like, mm. like pretty much, like, write down who you were taking for a lap dance and, like, at what time. So I, I feel like everything's a lot more regulated, which if I, like, from my... I would get the impression that customers might not like that as much because some customers don't like things being tracked and don't mm. like um, other people, like, knowing when they did what. But, like, in case, like, yeah, in case they have a partner that wants to track them down and see what they did. <laughs> yeah. What's something in regards to dancing that you're just, like, that you get asked a lot that you're sick of being asked? I feel like maybe probably like getting asked if I'm at uni and I've been mm. like, so I graduated from uni. Um, it was before I started stripping. So I had, or I already had like a bachelor's before I was a stripper and I've been stripping for six years and like every single night I've been asked if I'm studying <laughs> and I'm just like, you- I, like <laughs> I've, I've done that. <laughs> You're like, this is actually a very legitimate job. Like this is my job. <laughs> Yeah. No, literally. Do you feel like people ask you questions that they, that are like, that are rude, but they don't, you know, they might not intend it to be, but it's because of misunderstandings about sex work. Like, do people ask you like how much money you make or like, like invasive shit like that? Yeah, for sure. Like there's always going to be people who are invasive and asking, like asking questions that aren't really appropriate but I find that um the more that I set boundaries and the more that um I like I kind of set a standard for the for the cust for the customers in my life and I um like I work on my vibration and I like just allow myself to like walk away from people who disrespect me I find Mm -hmm. that like I'll get disrespectful questions more and like less and less because I'm just like not engaging with that. So people on that energetic level don't necessarily like interact with me as much as they used to. Mm, that's good. But having said that, like it, it is like a part of the industry and there's like, you're always going to have to deal with like shitty questions, like at some point or another. How would you describe your like persona at work? Like, are there certain pieces that like, you feel like you embody in the real world that you like take with the real world (laughs) like you embody (laughs) you know what I mean like that you embody outside that you take into the club with you like is it like how how would you describe your persona at work um so I I like to just I like to describe myself like more as like classic and I get a Mm -hmm. lot of customers saying that like um that I don't know, like, I don't know how, like, a stripper can remind them of, like, classic Hollywood. Like, it doesn't logically make sense to me. But they're all like, oh, you're so, like, classic Hollywood. Or, like, um, I get told that um, I look like Jessica Rabbit a lot. And I feel Mm. like I have, like, a more of, like, an old-fashioned persona. And I, I yeah, I have more of, like, um, like a gentle, 
yeah, more of a, like more of a classic like seductive persona. Whereas like, um, I do kind of like utilize that in real life, but not so heavily. I am wondering, like, as a stripper, how do you deal with perverts or like freaks who want more out of you than just like the usual like prospect of just dancing and performing for them, for their yeah, for their urges or whatever. Well, like, I think the first, like, thing that people, like, need to consider is that, like, we are, like, human beings. Like, we are people mm. and not just, like, I don't know, like, I don't know what they think what they think we are, to be honest. But, like, mm. I feel like there's a bit of, like, dehumanization, like, when it comes to, like, treatment of sex workers. What are things in the club, like, that you feel have like surprised you that you've learned like about yourself my like uh, my ability to keep going like especially mm-hmm. on like nights that might be challenging like I like I have like surprised myself how like how much I can push through mm-hmm. and um like still like smile mm-hmm. and like stay yeah. positive when um when things aren't necessarily going like the way that I intended them to Do- do you ever deal with, like, cattiness or, like, work rivalries in the strip clubs and the clubs? Or is it all, like, kind of a community there? Yeah, typically. At the club that I'm at at the moment, there's a really good sense of community. But um, I have worked at some venues where it's it's been a bit more, like, catty. Mm. It just depends on where you go. Like, overall, there's always going to be a community. And, like, at the end of the day, if some something happens, like, something terrible happens, like, everyone's got each other's back. But it can get competitive sometimes and it can get a bit, like, petty on the surface. But at the end of the day, like, because we all kind of know that we're in this together, there's generally, like, this overarching, like, theme of community, even when it doesn't seem like there is. Do you feel like, um, okay... If you could give your baby stripper self some advice or, like, say something to her, what would you tell her? Oh, my God. So much. <laughs> <laughs> Point your toes. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm not sure. I'd probably say, like, um, like see yourself differently. Because, like, at the end of the day, like, the way that we, like, the way that we perceive ourselves and um, our self-image has, like, a really huge impact on the world. So if we see ourselves as successful and we see ourselves as, like, impacting the world in a positive way, then we will act in accordance with that. But then if we have this, like, identity that we are, like, we're, like, we're a failure or we can't do anything right, then that's always going to, like, come through with whatever we do. So self, mm. I would probably tell her to, like, work on her self-perception and start, like, seeing herself as, like, uh, I was wondering if, like, in Australia, like, being a stripper, if that kind of work is unionized over there. So, um, a few years ago in my home city, they, mm-hmm. they did talk about creating a union. And um, I think there had been one in place a few years before that. But from what um, what research that I embarked on, I like I think what I gathered was like people weren't really like um, people weren't like legit with their tax and weren't following like a whole heap of rules legally. So it got um, it didn't really work out. And I think like the the main thing is like because 
we're not really encouraged or like taught about like doing our taxes and staying on top of our shit legally. We're not really um, seen as legitimate. And um, there's also like a lack of resources to help us like unionize. Like, how do you view horophobia and general like discrimination against sex workers? Like, do you feel like you have or have dealt with any like levels of internalized horophobia? Do you feel like what are the ways that you deal with it when it's external? Well, I like I know for certain that like so when I first started stripping, I worked at a club that um, there was a sister club that was um, it was like high class lingerie and my club was bikinis. So the other club that was owned by the same people were like it was of like more of a high caliber and those girls used to like come in sometimes and work at our club and I'd be like oh like they're snobby they like they think they're better than us and then um I'd be like well we're, we're like we're doing the same thing mm. but then there was a club like two doors down from us that um it like had a, like it had a pretty bad reputation and um there was like this big stereotype of the people who worked there that um, wasn't very high. And I remember like, I'd be like, Oh, I'm glad I don't work there. And it never like occurred to me that I was like criticizing these people from another club for like acting whorephobic to me. But I Mm. was also acting like whorephobic, even though like we're all doing the same thing. And I know that it came down to me not not being 100% happy with what I was doing and not being 100% comfortable. And so like now that I'm more comfortable in what I do, I don't like experience that because whorephobia is always going to be more about the person who's like perceiving the industry in that way it never has anything to do with the industry itself it always has to do with the person who's like being hateful and so like from that I understand that people who are whorephobic they have their own issues like it's it's their problem and they're the ones that can't that aren't accepting of themselves and don't really have this sense of like love and acceptance internally so they're harming themselves but at the same time, like, yeah, like, it, it sucks. Like, and mm-hmm. they, like, there's no, like, excuse for, like, being whorephobic or being discriminatory in any way. But, like, I just know from my personal experience that it says more about the person who's casting the judgment because they, like, are insecure and they aren't accepting of their own, their own, like, sexuality. So it always says more about them than it does about us. No, yeah, I definitely do agree that the people who make, like, comments on, like, people's, you know, sex lives or what they do with their bodies are just unhappy with their own sex lives and their own, like, bodies and they, you know, project it out onto other people for not being modest or keeping it tame or whatever because, like, they can't handle that someone else can be so confident with their own being. Like, um... A few months ago, me and a few girls from my club had, like, rented a hotel room, like, so we could take photos, and so, like, we had our makeup on, and then we were like, okay, we'll go down to the pool, and, like, we'll go for a swim, and we'll we'll take some photos there while, like, at the same time, and um, we were just, like, hanging out by the pool, like, half of us weren't taking pictures, most of us were just, like, swimming and, like, chatting and hanging out, and then um, there were these, like, 
two um like middle-aged couples like kind of like in this like spa area near us and um we were told by this other lady that um they were being like really um they were saying horrible things about us and then like this one lady's husband like kept on like looking at us and like watching us and you could tell she was getting like really frantic about it and then she ended up like like a few things like we like kind of were like asking her like what's your problem because she kept on like staring at us and like making comments and then um she ended up like having this like throwing this huge fit like calling us sluts and this and that and then um it like we could tell that it just stemmed from the fact that her like her partner was looking at us the whole time and she felt insecure like it had nothing to do with us it was just the fact that she was insecure in her relationship and it sucks too it's like let people be sexy let people have fun it has nothing to do with you like address your own relationship issues and your own issues with your partner <laughs> like sexy bitches are always gonna exist you know yeah and i was also kind of like oh my god this is so embarrassing for you <laughs> yeah literally like i'm sorry he's looking like i know i could get him easily in the club but like <laughs> it's my fault <laughs> That's a VIP right there. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously. How do you feel like your view of sex work has changed over time as well? I know this kind of relates back to whorephobia. Well, do you mean like over my time in the industry or like in general? Um, Yeah, like over your time in the industry. Um, I feel as though having like a broader understanding and becoming more accepting in myself had like mm. I've, I've definitely become like um feel as though I had like a lot of like judgments as well at different times in my career not like like for other aspects of the industry but for like I had this internalized thing that was like oh people who aren't like um I was like why are all these like girls who went to like private schools girls who like grew up privileged how come they like can be like strippers whereas like I like I grew up poor so like I deserve to be a stripper because like I can't um because I don't have like that privilege to fall back on and then I realized that I was like being like really like judgmental myself being like I can't decide who can be a stripper and who can't be but like Mm -hmm. for some reason I kept on thinking like only certain people like are allowed to be strippers like only people who didn't grow up privileged can be strippers yeah because I feel like that is a common misconception or I think when most people think of strippers like it's kind of a last resort kind of situation but I feel like that's not really true and some people actually enjoy it yeah and I think like I had this thing that like other people were like taking up space in the industry and like um there was it would definitely stem from a scarcity mindset where like I thought that there wasn't enough to go around but um I was actually being like really judgmental being like 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 why are you allowed to be a stripper like I like I can be a stripper because like I didn't grow up with money and like I like I can't have a normal job blah 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 and then um yeah I don't know I just feel like I had like judgments about who could be a stripper and who couldn't and now like I'm more like open-minded and like I feel as though like everyone should strip because there's so much to gain and I'm not more Mm -hmm. like important than anyone else Mm -hmm. when it comes to the industry does that make sense (laughs) yeah definitely I don't know I feel like you practice like law of abundance and like there's so much to come around and the universe has so much to offer that 
There's room for everyone. But yeah, do you follow like any sort of like metaphysical like teaching like law of attraction or yeah? Yeah, I, I certainly do. I kind of like I jump around a lot. There's not any one like train of thought that I am consistent with. I do listen to like Abraham Hicks a lot and um yeah, I, I just kinda like go with what I feel at the time. Do you feel like do you feel like you're using like magic at the club at all like do you feel like you're on stage and you're like you're doing magic or like you're in a dance and like you're doing magic or like energetic work on them or with them yeah I definitely feel as though like um there are so many opportunities to like do energetic work um at the club having said that um it's a big thing in like Reiki and like the um energy work industry where like it has to be like consensual so like I would never do Reiki in the club like because most like they haven't like been given the space to like consent to it but I just like focus on myself and like well I know that's it (laughs) I'm not really focused on myself but um like I focus on like raising my energy so that like the customer Mm -hmm. can have their energy raised in my presence as well but um I also feel like the club's um like a huge playground for manifestation as well Mm. and like you can play around with that a lot like one thing that I um started doing a few years ago because I like don't really have like a huge like stage persona like because I'm more of like a like a more of a sensual dancer so I I prefer like lap dances I don't really like going on stage because I don't have like that like really dynamic like I don't really do pole I'm just more like slow like like saunter around the pole kind of thing so I Mm -hmm. don't tend to like like gather a huge crowd to my like podiums when I do a stage and I started like saying to myself oh I'm going to get tipped on this stage or like I'm going to make this amount per stage because sometimes I'd like go up on stage and make nothing just because I wasn't like focused on it but then once I like I would say like affirmations while I was on stage and people like started like coming to my stages more than more and more and I feel like there are so many opportunities to utilize like law of attraction and many practices while you're in the stripping industry that's so cool I love that you're like saying affirmations on stage too are you like comfortable sharing like what are some of the affirmations that you'd say um my favorite affirmation (laughs) is my lap dances are life-changing but um Mm. I also like I love saying like customers love to tip me I love Customers love to pay me large amount, amounts of money. I'm always mm-hmm. attracting high vibe, respectful customers. Um, I'm always in the right place at the right time. Customers love to approach me for VIP. Just like I'll think of what I want in that moment and I will like affirm it to myself. Wow. I do often forget to do any sort of affirmation, but I think affirmations are very powerful in the essence of like it reminds your psyche and inner psychic powers, psychic self that you are accepting a bigger, better, more magical things to go on. Yeah. And what's so powerful about affirmations is, like, you're literally saying, I am. And, like, Mm. if you say, like, something that's related to your identity, that can be so powerful because your identity, like, shapes the world around you. That's so true. That's so true. And, like, there's so much connection between, like, our minds and our bodies and we're such vibrational beings that, like, it really makes sense that that energy and putting that 
is so it's so instantaneous it's so like attractive what do you think also like you've found in yourself like how has your body image changed and you're like thinking about yourself and the parts of yourself and the things about yourself that you find attractive like how has that concept of self changed over time well to be honest like it's been up and down like um confidence wise in the industry and I think it has a lot to do with like um probably like my alcohol intake levels and now that like I'm like I don't drink at work I feel as though I have like a lot more confidence I also feel as though like I've I've kind of realized how um how like multifaceted I can be as well in the strip club like and how like adaptable I am as well and that really makes mm-hmm. me feel confident too so you can like sense people's needs or what the energy is and like reflect that yeah mm, and that. also like um like matching different like energies like if someone like if there's more like like a party group of people then like I can like match that whereas like if someone is in a different mood I can match that you know I was curious because most of our guests had a motto but do you have a motto with like your work and who you are in life um well I've just kind of created like a new motto or like um a new affirmation which is I live a life full of abundance and adventure because that's how Mm. like I'm like making a few big changes in my life and that's what I want to focus on moving forward like that's the kind of life that I want to create but um generally my like mottos and like intentions are more so like like want it like involved with helping like helping others and improving the world should we do a chart reading albie uh yeah but i was also waiting on your question about the waters oh my gosh yes (laughs) i i can't believe i almost forgot okay so a question i ask all our guests is if you were a body of water what would you be i was not ready for this (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i should have given you a heads up take your time it's so interesting because like every um it's like almost every body of water is like it's like still and calm but it's still moving as well um i'm just getting like straight is that is that counted as a body of water yeah Yeah, of course i love that interesting i like that too with the the fluidity of it and streams always feel so like refreshing and so like energetic too i love that Mm. yeah right now i don't have a body of water i want to be right now i'm just thinking of like a forest that's kind of my vibe right now like the like deep forest like like amazonian vibes right no i don't know i was reading about this the other day um quintana rue it's like a rainforest in mexico and there's like reportedly like creatures that imitate human voices wandering around trying to lead you astray um, <laughs> and there's like Ooh. creepy things that go on there and a lot of like folkloric legends and cryptoids of like serpents that's crazy uh, <laughs> and ghost encounters and I'm like ooh I kinda I'm sure there's like a body of water there somewhere but yeah <laughs> you're like a like pond or like a lake in the middle of it all yeah exactly just the only thing that's still in a really haunted place but yes, we should definitely look at your birth chart. Uh, October 20th, 1994, 7 11 p.m. in uh, Brisbane. Brisbane? I don't know how you guys pronounce that. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right, so you're a Libra sun, Taurus moon, Taurus rising. I love that. I'm also a Taurus moon. Oh, yay. Okay. Love it. 
Did you have a really transformational year in your life when you were 26? Um, I'm 26 now. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Are you having a really transformational year? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Wait, where are you getting that from, Hannah? Um, the sun at 26 degrees. Also, Pluto's at 26 degrees as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a year where you come into your consciousness and just revolutionize and shedding off an old version of you. Uh, And that's what 26 is about. You're a Taurus rising, so your whole world is shaped around, like, put some grounding and meaning into this reality. And what else can we say? Um, Your third house, which has to deal with communication, is ruled by cancer. So when you speak, it's full of emotions, it's full of comfort it's yeah when you speak you just bring a sort of soothing energy towards people and you also have your sun conjunct um mercury so they're both together and essentially that means it's like when you speak you're really speaking your honest truth um sometimes you may be speaking without thinking but you really mean it even Mm. if it's not entirely true you just Whatever's on your mind, you'll just say it, yeah. I feel like also with it being in Libra, too, it somehow it'll find a way to be nice. Like, somehow right. it's still gonna be like, you know what? I'm not mad at this. You're also a Leo Mars, so that gives you this, like, Mars is our, like, drive, our energies, our passions, like, you know, things that we get angry about, how we deal with that. So this is like a drive towards creativity, towards your pride, towards like performance. This also gives us a lot of like outward, like outgoing energy, the ability to like show up and show out. Um, You're also a Scorpio Venus in the seventh house. So like for you, that means in your relationships, you want like true like intimacy. You want like a truly... Mm deep connection you really value intimacy you value trust um you may have a tendency to like accidentally manifest your own fears if you put too much energy into them in relationships yeah Um. (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) and you like to have a close knit of friends of anything and all your relationships Mm -hmm. are like intense and passionate and strong you don't really you know get along with just anyone yeah i don't fuck around when it comes to friends (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) i love that i love that also with the sun in the sixth house i believe it's like yeah sun in the sixth that has a lot to do with like um that has to do with our work our routines um, and being of service as well. And I feel like with the Libra aspect, it's like being of service to beauty, to justice, and like to balance and like working towards that like beauty in the world, that beauty and peace and in service. Well, the MC is like the Midheaven is like what you want to leave in this lifetime with or how you want to achieve your highest self. And it's an Aquarius, and Aquarius ruler is Saturn. I like to use traditional rulers sometimes. So in a sense, it's like your highest self is just someone who can elevate a community, elevate humanities, 
and try to bring people together try to you know try to dissolve all the negativity dissolve all the hardships all the differences that people have and get everyone inspired to be you know together in like a brotherly love kind of way yeah that's something that i definitely try to do you're also a taurus moon in the 12th house is your mom like spiritual um yes but she's what she's working on it like she hasn't Mm -hmm. like she's been interested in it for a long time but hasn't like fully delved into like spirituality uh no (laughs) (laughs) interesting interesting um, sorry if she's listening (laughs) (laughs) well like when I was growing up because like my like my dad's a teacher and um my mum would work like um would work nine to five so because my dad was home earlier he'd always cook dinner and I think like I, I don't think I've ever really like had much of my mum's cooking so I don't like actually know if she's a good cook but like (laughs) yeah (laughs) I just assume that she's not because I don't eat it I don't eat (laughs) cooking. wait so it's like your dad a English teacher someone who very communicative and expressive a drama teacher Ooh, back to Hannah's statement of the moon in the 12th house in Taurus do you feel like you have a good connection with your emotions or is something that's been kind of hidden and you've been very unaware of and it's just been kind of doing its own thing well i certainly have a good connection with my emotions now but i didn't always okay yeah it definitely seems to be like the kind of things like moon in the 12th house like you gain emotional maturity a little bit later in life um and with the moon being the place where you feel comfortable and where you go to feel needy needing no where you go to feel fulfilled it's in the 12th house, so essentially it means, like, you feel fulfillment emotionally when you give yourself up to others to heal other people, you know, just so you can heal yourself back up as well. Also, with Venus in the 7th house, I also have my Venus in the 7th house, you're likely to attract, like, a partner who's very artistic, you like people who are very aesthetically inclined, so, like, with the Scorpio there as well, it's, like, somebody who's, like, intense and artistic, and, like, maybe, like, a pained artist who, like, kind of, like, transforms or, like, transmutes their pain into their art or something like that. Um. Yeah, that sounds familiar. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she has a Nort node, yeah, Nort node also in the seven house, um, the North Node has to deal with, like, what you're growing into and what you need to develop. And since it's in Scorpio, it just means that, I guess, in this lifetime, you're developing how to have relationships with other people, how to create bonds, how to create partnerships, how to get close to people without being so intense or secretive about it. And not being so alone okay interesting because um like I am a really like an independent person and like um throughout my life like I've spent like a lot um a lot of time alone especially like I spent a few years like kind of like living out of out of a suitcase and like not really like settling anywhere so I feel as though like yeah like I'm I'm trying to like connect more with others like I've been intentionally trying to do that over the past like year or two no yeah that's something that's definitely like a big part of your life just like learning to connect with other people and just build more 
relationships, personal relationships, if anything. Is your throat very sensitive? Like, are you, like, do you get, like, sore throats or colds easily? Um, yeah, I, I suppose, but I have, like, had to work through, like, um, like, speaking up and making myself, like, um, making myself seen and heard, which, like, mm. is connected to the throat chakra. Like, that's something that I've had to, mm. like, very intentionally work on, so... Yeah, throat chakra, like, has been, like, an intense, like, focus of mine. I love, so Venus is your chart ruler also. So your, um, your chart ruler is in the seventh house, too, which the seventh house has to do with Libra, and you're a Libra sun. I like that, too. You're, so your ascendant is ruled by Venus, your moon is ruled by Venus, and your sun is ruled by Venus. I love that. <laughs> that's a lot of that's a lot of beauty and aesthetics and justice and peace. I love that. Yeah, definitely. yeah. I, li- I live for the aesthetic. <laughs> oh yes, oh yes. You gotta. Yeah, Venus is very important. At least in the, yeah, Venus is what gives humans the sensitivity. It gives humans the the softness they need to like connect with other people and make people where they're at and be more empathetic at least and be more communicative Mm. you know venus is the planet that gives us our structure and our rules and gives us our softness to be kind to one another Mm. so it's definitely something that's you're here to spread in this lifetime are you like the mom sister in your family um what do you mean by that mom sister like are you like like for me no like for me like my oldest sister is like the mom sister you know what i mean like she's right, kind like of has like our energy. second mom mm. mm-hmm. okay um well because i i just have one younger brother and mm. i suppose like um yeah like I, I can see that but um there's like a lot of like um a lot of like complicated like family backstory as well so it's like it's pretty hard to like explain like especially like and like I can't really explain without like I don't really want to explain without like my brother's permission either but um I feel as though like yeah he does kind of there is like a bit of like a motherly connection as well you also have your Saturn in the 10th house in Pisces um so this has to do with kind of like feeling restricted by authority and tradition um and kind of like like feeling a little bit like "Mm, maybe this isn't quite what i want like i just want to be a free spirit you know like and kind of growing into mysticism over time oh yeah for sure yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I'm I find like there's a lot of resistance around like um I know like I know they exist for a reason but I'm like I hate like the thought of a lease like being on a lease and like having to like be at a like certain place for like considerable amount of time and like the pressure like to to sign like to sign on the dotted line and like lock myself into something also like um at the moment like Australia like since like COVID went down we haven't been like allowed to leave the country um mm. like even if like i was intending to leave to go to the states earlier this month for like a like a business purpose and mm. uh, like i applied to leave the country but um they were like oh you can only leave if you can prove that um 
leaving the country is in Australia's best interest. So we're literally like not allowed to like leave our country. And that like frustrates me so bad because I'm like, just let me like, let me live, let me do things, let me explore, let me play. <laughs> also, how do you prove it's for Australia's best interest? Like, I don't I know. know. I was like, like um, <laughs> I applied a few times and I was like, look, me like, Having like me having a good time and improving my business like helps and inspires and uplifts others, and they did not have that. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, mm, "Where's the the monetary aspect in this?" <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "We need to see numbers," and you're like, "It's uplifting." <laughs> 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 oh my god, I feel that though. So like. What is the city that you live in like? Like, what is it known for? What is there to do there? Um, so the city I live in at the moment, um, it's pretty much like a big mining town. Um, mm. So Western Australia, like my state, is um, it's like this huge state, and it's there's a lot of mining which happens, and um, it's like not like I'm not saying that it's like good or like not saying that I'm like, I approve or like condone of mining, but like, that's pretty much like all that, like that the state really does. It's just like a big mm-hmm. mining hub. So my, my city is pretty much like, yeah, just like a place for like mining companies to like do all their, like do all the stuff that they need to do. Oh. And yeah, like, there's not a whole lot. Yeah. You're like, mm, I <laughs> don't know what like to a, tell you. <laughs> it's just like a big mining town. And it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really bored here, which is why I'm moving. Yeah. And like, I've had, um, customers be like, why are you like, why are you moving state? There's so much to like, Perth has so much to offer. And I'm like, yeah, like what? <laughs> <laughs> Name three things. <laughs> yeah. And like, like um, I am not a miner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I make money off miners. But yeah. <laughs> like that that's pretty much it. <laughs> You're like, thank you, the mining industry, for that one thing. That's it. <laughs> yeah. And that but then I'm like, I have like this internal conflict because I'm like, I don't like the mining industry and I think it's really like like I think it's really detrimental to the earth. And mm-hmm. also like um that like these mining companies, like, I don't know if you know much about, like, um, Aboriginal culture in Australia, but, um, like, Indigenous Australians will have, like, their pretty much, like, sacred sites blown up, like, it for, like by these big mining companies so that they can, like, mine. And it's really, mm. like, fucked up. That is fucked. I, I know, know, like, a little bit about the, the Aboriginal people, mm. but, like, I don't, I don't know a whole lot. But it's just, like, I feel like a continued colonialism and colonization that's just, like, still ongoing, like, in the United States as well. Mm. Actually, all over the world, probably. Oh, yeah. Yep. I mean, I yeah. know in, like, Mexico also, like, the original people are constantly, like, getting scrutinized and their land taken away. And also, like, in Brazil, too, and... Yeah, I really don't understand, like, the psychic torment that's going on with, like, colonialism and, like, just trying to... I I just don't see why people find it so wrong to just, like, 
let nature be and not try to conquer it and take it as their own. Yeah. Like, nature provides so much for us and we just, like, yeah. And also just, like, more than more than nature, too, it's just, like, literally taking people's land and their lives and their resources. And it's, like, there's so much abundance in the world. There's so much mm. to go around. Like, this is not at all acceptable. Like, we do not need to be doing this. Right. Yeah, no well, way. I've read in, like, um, well, I'm, I started really reading Camille Pagula. Pagula? Mm. Pagula. I will never say her name correctly. And in her book, Sexual Persona, she just talks about, like, the fact that originally, like, the world was very centered around, like, the feminine goddess, and the feminine goddess is all about nature and just living with it, not trying to conquer it. And it's through, like, and then eventually through years of evolution or whatever we moved away from like the sky the earth goddess to like the sky god and it all became about like conquering and like trying to push and fight against nature and what that's all about and trying to like defy you know nature and conquer it and that's kind of the world we've been evolving into lately that's what our society has become you know, it's not about, like, nature and, like, being one with it. It's all about, like, conquering it. Which is something that's very different from, like, Eastern cultures. Because they've, for a long time, just, like, lived with nature. They didn't try to conquer it or, like, mm. be on top of it. Yeah. And it's also, like, you know how um, some people will be, like, um, you know, people who hunt, like, tigers and, like, lions and stuff. And they're like, oh, my God, like... I, like, killed this lion, like, with, like, a gun that, like, mm. like, it's pretty much, like, you didn't really, like, conquer it. You pretty much just, like, shot it with a gun, like, yeah. you know? It's kind of, like, the same concept. It's, like, you're not really, like, it's not really a fair fight and you're not really, um, you're not really, like, coming from a place of love or, like, sustainability. And it's, like, a cheap win, too, you know? Mm, Anybody can yeah, pull a sure. trigger. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's also to, like, back to, you know, like, hunting, like, tigers and things like that. It's also just such, like, an unethical thing. It's such, like, a disgrace to nature, too. Like, I feel like it was about, like, the earth goddesses. And then we realized that we're not just on the earth. We are, like, just slightly above the earth, you know? Like, we are literally, mm. like, on top of it. And I feel like that translated in a way. Where people are like, I'm going to own this. <laughs> I'm going to take it over. Yeah, but even then, it's like, almost in every story, it, it comes down to, like, almost like the Greek tragedy where, like, humans or I, get, I or at least man tries to, like, conquer and try to be above, like, nature at its natural process. But then eventually, like, nature comes crashing at them and comes changes and comes the hubris and it comes something comes to bring them down to realize that they're just human and that's like the mystery of it all that's like the feminine goddess energy mm -hmm. like you can't stop nature and its process and then well in Camille Pagula she just said that like men have such a need to like conquer because they don't have that like natural connection to like cycles and just that na nature, yeah. 
true. I never thought about it that way. But that's just, I don't know, but that's, I don't know how I got to that topic. <laughs> no, <so>. literally. <laughs> it really be like that. It really do. I don't know. Um, I'm just, like, really getting into the Kabbalah. Like, really getting into, mm. into, like, the history of, like, mythos and, like, the gods and just divinity. And, like, a lot of them just originated from being, like, earth gods, which is essentially just, like, earth goddess energy. And now we moved away to gods that are, like, above us and like looking at us at all times and being very all-knowing and it never was like that the older gods or deities yeah should we do i think a we should wrap off? it up yeah, yeah. We've been <laughs> like quite a while and i'm like yeah, yeah. i feel you all right well thank you so much for joining us ginger it's been amazing um, we're gonna send you all off again. We're Planet Dirtbag on Instagram. We're Planet Dirtbag on Patreon and in your hearts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ginger, is there anything you want to plug, like your Instagram or any handles or anything? Um, so my Instagram is at High Vibe Hustler. I also have a YouTube channel called High Vibe Hustler as well. Or you can. Um, I have a whole heap of resources available for um, strippers as well at HighVibeHustler.com rock and roll all right well thank you so much for joining us it's been amazing um, thank you so much for having me oh my god of course yeah this is gonna look fabulous um and hopefully my little disconnection issue doesn't like act up again okay yeah i think everything's perfect on my end and well bye guys okay On the way down Searching for a sound